Joe Orth and I are starting a podcast. What should we call it? Hey, don't pick on me. You know why? Because this is why. Well, let's see what he says. The Joe Show. <laughs> Give Joe the business. That's right. Cup of Joe. Cup of Joe. What is happening here? Would you listen? We'll give you a chance. Thank you. Uh... That's Joe. That's Rooster. And this is the Together We Shall podcast, episode 19. What's happening, brother? Not much. If you noticed any of the listeners and viewers, I didn't try the the numbers, but I will next time because I feel like 20 is easy. Uh, people might like freak out, but that's what I'm, it's not like spirit fingers, but I've thought about this for a few episodes now. This is intense, kind of like deep diving, bro. Like you were giving thought to just these, these very complex topics. I don't know if he does it uh, in the editing process. Um <laughs> I can't. I can't. I, uh, we got. We have to talk about this right now. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we haven't even introduced our guest yet. And then Joe and Joe and I can hear in the background his computer fan. And some of you are going to hear it throughout the episode. But if we start laughing for no reason, like our guest is in the middle of some heartfelt story about that one time they were really sad, and Joe and I are just crying laughing, it's because that computer fan sounds like the purge siren in the background. <laughs> Anyway, uh, 19 years of like being a Marine and like we're supposed to have bearing in 20, 30, whatever, you know, for you. Like, but this is why, like, I struggled at boot camp because I, I don't have bearing. So like something would happen and I, I'm going to laugh like and then, yeah, I'm going to do push ups and it's going to suck really bad. But like for that moment of laughter, it was worth it for me for those 13 weeks through through boot camp. Fair. Not going to argue with that, man. I get it. Um, you almost have to like take yourself to another location completely. So like I'm now I'm going to try to have bearing with the with the fan going on. But anyway, we'll, uh, <laughs> um, what's happening? Uh, shoot, man. Little League World Series time. How about that? Yeah, the, like the the journey or the process that is the Little League World Series has been been big this year i mean you got the kid who got hit in in the head and he gets the first base then the pitcher can't throws and they had that heartfelt moment and now they're like been both invited like all expense trip to the world series like the whole nine because of their like sportsmanship and then you got the one kid who fell off the bunk bed and it's like and but then, and then like there's obviously the baseball aspect Okay. Yeah, yeah. All, all the while, there's still a game, games to be played. And uh, I guess um, this past weekend, they kicked off the international play up in Williamsport. It was cool because, you know, I, um, me and Lori went to Vermont uh, recently. And I don't know if we talked about that in an episode or not. But on our way back, we had to pick up Camden from Skate Park. And we stayed literally in a hotel that's like six miles away from Williamsport and also is um, like the like a mile from the Little League World Series Museum. And in that moment, when we pulled up at nine o'clock at night, I'm like, certainly the museum's open. We can go to the museum. And Lori's like, the museum? Well, the Little League World Series is played like right here. You know, and I'm getting actually weirdly chills telling the story about it. There's just something about that. And you and I know kind of where I stand on baseball in the professional sense. And I don't know if I've talked about it in a podcast, but being within 10 miles of literally World Series field. Yeah, it's it's a bucket list item for me. And I, I'm waiting until hopefully there's a, a day when Owen and Weston um, like baseball 
enough to even want to go, regardless if they play or don't play. Um, if not, you know, I'll make the, the pilgrimage myself. But like I've done Cooperstown um, before, so like check that box. But yeah, Little League World Series game museum is is definitely on on my bucket list. I I had a similar like maybe the museum's open um, when I went to a Garth Brooks concert with my mom. Because walking out of the stadium to our hotel, we passed the NASCAR, whatever, Hall of Fame or museum, whatever it is. And I was like, oh, man, they got to be open at midnight. No, you know, uh, <laughs> but I took a I took a selfie out front. So I was there. Uh, yeah. But no, yeah. you know, there was a lot of Miller times that evening. So I thought for oh, sure wait, it would be wait. open. Somebody said it. It's Miller time, ladies and gentlemen. That took like less than a few moments. And that is awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Miller Times that part. Oh, wait, who's drinking Chick-fil-A? Rooster's drinking filet. Why is Rooster drinking Chick-fil-A? Because Joe went to doggone Chick-fil-A this morning and sent me a picture of it. Dude, you can't do that because that makes all the things happen. And when I'm out and about <laughs> and I'm literally a mile away and there's a Chick-fil-A, like suddenly the bread is calling. But I didn't even get the bread. I didn't get the bread. I don't know how long this trend has been happening, but I've always known personally, I guess, that, that those bags that they put the sandwich in is genius because it keeps it, like, warm and soft enough. It doesn't, like, go over. But now, like, I've seen, like, through reels and TikToks, people, they take the chicken patty or whatever off the bread, put it back in there, put their sauce in there and shake it. And I'm like, oh, why? Why? why where was this, I don't know, 20 years ago? Like, and... And then today I just got nuggets, so, like, I couldn't even do it. But, like, it was a dilemma I had while trying to order with the young lady there. She's like, what do you want? And I'm like, well, I do want a sandwich so I can do the shake thing. She's like, all right, sir, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. She's like, we have the fastest, most efficient moving drive throughs in the world. Yeah. And you are currently <laughs> adversely affecting the flow, sir. It, it It's perfect, too. Like, the, yeah, fastest, efficient. Like, there, there, there's no menu. Right. They're just like, what do you want? Because they know like you've been there before. It's cool. But what we just did, like without even introducing our guests, we had Miller time and four tangents. So <laughs> come back on the thoroughfare here. Let's get PJ in here. PJ coming to us. I'm not going to say from where because he's going to do that. But uh, without further ado, PJ, welcome to the show that you've been at for the past five minutes. But now you're formally here. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So we always start off with like, where are you? Where are you coming to us from? And why do you think you're on this podcast? Um, yeah, of all the people in the world, PJ is on episode 19. Uh, my name is PJ Sapienza. I'm the Southeast ambassador for, uh, or the ambassador for Southeast Michigan. And uh, I'm also one of the senior directors for Ainsley's Angels. Uh, I am from Michigan. So in Michigan, we always point to our hand where we live. Uh, why I'm here, uh, when you guys started it, you went, hey, you're going to be on it. And, I kind of learned when Rooster says you're going to do something, ideas, you might as well do it. <laughs> well, that's fair, I guess. Uh, wow, I don't really know how to respond to that last part. But, uh, <laughs> but since it's Miller time, what are you sipping on? Uh, I've got my uh, Powerade Zero, and I'm drinking it out of my uh, Heart and Soul glass, which is a race that we put on locally with uh, several of our sponsors on it, and tell them Chemcraft, Above and Beyond Reality, Fact, Running Lab. Um, it's a race we do for Ainsley's and for Special Olympics locally. That's uh, next month. Yeah, no, that is coming up. That's exciting. So for all the people you're going to send this podcast to across the PJ world of influence, um, I hope y'all are registered. 
there's there's totally more than seven joe will attest to that when he checks the metrics in about you know 10 days but um you have to send them this link and you have to also send them the registration link for your race oh of course what did i want to talk to pj about today joe anything like come to mind there's a lot that comes to mind i mean you know his life his upbringing you know how he got to ainsley's angels you know the the future of of Ainsley's Angels and his connection to the Special Olympics. You know we're gonna see PJ in October. Um, so where? Oh, oh, look what he did! Go ahead, man. Thirty seconds or less. Go ahead. This is the last it's, time, by the way. Well, it might. It will oh, be correct. Yeah. So yeah. so if you were listening to the podcast right now and it is before August thirtieth, pause. If you want to run or ride the Marine Corps Marathon, hit pause right now. And well, don't hit pause because you're not going to know who to email. Email Joe at AinsleysAngels.org if it's before August 30th and we can make that happen. The key is before August 30th. That's like a clock strikes 12, the Cinderella thing, whatever. Like, like there's nothing, uh, can't register after that. Okay, got it. We'll see PJ there. Yes, we will see PJ there. I understand that. PJ, what are you looking forward to at, in, in late October in our nation's capital? Uh, it'll be the first time I get to start from the beginning with the rider. I've always been the last couple of years, been an extra rider starting in the pack and kind of catching up. But uh, Team Beauty and the Beast are coming from Michigan and going to do it from the beginning together. Team Beauty and the Beast, tell us more. You have intrigued our interest. Is Disney <laughs> sponsoring y'all now? What's going on? No, sadly, no. Uh, although we are available. Um, my rider, uh, Alyssa, uh, nicknamed Sparkles, she's Princess Beauty. Um, I'm obviously, you know, the beast. So, uh, yeah, it's just our nickname and she's, uh, loves everything Disney. So our running playlist of music is uh, a little too heavy Disney sometimes, but, uh, the longer the races I'm allowed to put in some of my music in, but, um, otherwise, you know, all Disney and Team Beauty and the Beast. Can you mix in like every like 30 minutes a song or is yeah. that too too much case that i'm allowed to so there's some I'm, I'm a hip-hop guy so there's some of that in there we go from you know some frozen song to andy mini or lecrae dropping beats so <laughs> yay where'd he just take us yes that's that. well it, it's like the it's the right hand right for De- michigan and detroit like there's a yep. lot of hip-hop roots from that area, so yeah, from guy named Eminem from around here, you know. Yeah, that was absolutely me and Ainsley's jam, dude. We throw that uh, Eminem uh, "Lose Yourself" in there, and Mom's spaghetti's going everywhere. And yeah, anyway, I get <laughs> tangents. Um, but like, so you're gonna do that? You, you've done Marine Corps before. You're pumped about that. Beauty and the Beast. Uh, what was the other thing that I was going to add? Oh, I was going to say, if you haven't like gone to the Together We Shall podcast Instagram page, we're going to have pictures of Beauty and the Beast when we launch this episode. So like we do for all our podcasts, we have cool pictures that kind of bring the podcast to light. Anyway, tangent, thoroughfare, cool. Is this your first, um, is Marine Corps Marathon the only marathon you've ever run, PJ? No, I've done uh, Detroit a few times. Um, I've coached Special Olympics for most of my life. I have a special needs brother, so that was that was our life. And uh, 2013, I had one of my athletes wanted to run a marathon, and I'm a sprinter. I was a sprinter in school. Anything above a mile was just stupid. And uh, I'm like, all right. So I started researching for a few weeks. I right, I think we I think we we can do this. And uh, we trained together. And 13, we ran Detroit. 
uh, which is cool. You run across the bridge into Canada for a few miles back through the tunnel. And uh, yeah, since then, I think this Marine Corps will be my eighth marathon now. What's that uh, that bridge called? It's like it's like a cool name, isn't it? No, Ambassador Bridge. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like well, well they're building a new one now, the Gordy Howe Bridge, so that'll be a lot cooler for for all of us hockey people. Hockey, yeah. What is? Wait, I missed that. What is it? What is the? What happened to the Ambassador Bridge? It's getting renamed. Uh, they're building a new one uh, next to it because it's the busiest uh, international port or international crossing between the U.S. and Canada. Um, so they're building a second bridge, and it'll be the Gordy Howe Bridge. And 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 I'm not even going to say who's Gordy Howe, but you know, for all the people that don't know, what? <laughs> y'all should see Joe's face. hockey fan base from your uh, podcast now. Uh, man, we're going to bring him in, I, dude. Gordy oh, Howe. I, I, need... Yeah, is Camden home or is he working? Like, yell. Uh, <laughs> he he's working. He's at the marina, but um, I'm going to have to. I'm sure you're texting him right now, Joe. So I just give up for the <laughs> no, sake no. of all the people that don't, don't know who Gordy Howe is. Like, I'm just I'm here. I'm their advocate. I'm here for them. Gordy Howe. I mean, it must be something special to get his own bridge. You know, connecting. One of the greatest hockey players ever. Um, you know, he's in that that very short list of uh, people that would debate. Okay, so Gordy Howe, Wayne Gretzky. Gordy Howe, Wayne Gretzky, the guy that plays for and Tampa. Gordy Howe started uh, in like the the fifties or something, right? He played for like yeah, like a, like thirty some odd, like something crazy. Um, yeah, and then even after he retired, every decade he'd come out and play on a minor league team, so he could have another played another decade. He played with his sons at one point, and uh, so he's a really good hockey player. Got it. All right, so just a little. 34 years. Yeah, like Michael 30, Jordan's a pretty good basketball 34 player. 34 years. It's really that level. Like, I showed my I showed my ignorance that much. It'd be like if I said, who's Michael Jordan? It's that bad. Yeah, you, you know what hockey is? They play it on ice. I'm not sure if you guys have that down there. <laughs> and what's jacked up is my son played hockey as a from age, like, 4 to 11. And six of those years in the goal – like as a goalie, like and when you're a hockey dad, that's one thing. But a goalie dad, like you, you actually have to have a clue. And in my case, I just knew how to get that kid dressed in the net on time and to be his biggest cheerleader. Like no, nobody else played hockey except Camden. So, I, you know, we didn't have that in Louisiana. So for me, it was just all about all my energies in on him. But anyway, just unique journey. Sorry, how I mean, yeah, it I I understand why, like. You don't know the like. I mean, like growing up, like my dad was a huge Bruins fan, you know, and Bobby Orr. So like, but like Gordy Howe, I knew he played for a long time, but he started in '46. I didn't realize it was. I thought it was like '50 something, but that's. I mean, so like that would make sense. Like why, you know, not it's like same as like that's a weird era for baseball too. You know what I mean? I mean that's like it's after like Ted Williams, and you know. Yeah. Minky Mantle, yeah, it's like it's like a weird decade for for sports, but forty six to eighty. Yeah, that's, that's 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 wild. Yeah. yeah, I'm wondering how many people will actually email podcasts at angelsangels.org and tell me how they can't believe I don't know who Mr. Powell is, or is it how how? Okay, H O W E. Don't you live in How, Michigan? I do. Different spelling. What? Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, I don't even know where to go now. Look, I'm just gonna. Okay, y'all are in charge. Drive this podcast because I don't know where to go. <laughs> yeah. So, well, PJ's got a a race coming up. They're gonna run 
or no, the Detroit Marathon ran over the Ambassador Bridge. I thought the name was something. I think it's a cool name. I mean, you're an ambassador. We're all ambassadors of inclusion. So. Oh, that's true. Yep. So yeah, 13, I think, right? You ran the Detroit Marathon over the bridge with one of your Special Olympics athletes. So let's rewind. I know you said you have a special needs brother and Special Olympics athlete. Can you tell us about both of those? Yeah, my uh, my brother's a year and a half younger than me, has uh, mosaic downs. And when he turned eight, I was 10. Whole family got involved with Special Olympics and uh, started coaching when I was 13, uh, coaching basketball. And since then, I've coached, I don't know, five or six different sports and uh, helped our county program. I'm the assistant director for it. And then, uh, yeah. That's uh, now you're good. Uh, <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> Between um, me and, the, and then there's the siren. I think I heard it again. The Purdue siren. Well, I don't. I don't think I've not not heard it anymore. I feel like it's just yeah. on repeat now. The audience, dude, I'm totally, they're like, what's wrong with these guys today? They're completely yeah. out of character. I apologize for my 20-year-old computer. <laughs> no, we're actually in character. This is more in keeping with the traditional conversations. And yeah. PJ, we're blaming you and, and thanking you for for bringing us out, bringing it all out, through the back and forth. All right, we're, so let's, what are you going to say? Me or PJ? I don't know. You're trying to get to 2017, aren't you? Yes. Okay. But so let's you, fast forward from 2013 to 2017 in your athletic career, PJ. Okay. Um, 2017, I went blind for a little while. Wait, what? Tell more. Tell us more. Um, it actually starts when I was younger. I, uh, I lost my left eye when I was six. Um, had Where'd a certain... you put it? <laughs> I couldn't help my Exactly. Head. It's gone. Oh, thank God. That's why I love PJ, man. The sense of humor. He, you know, he just love that. Okay, so, so back up. that ever. Keep going. <laughs> uh, I had a surgery that, that went sideways. Uh, you know, the one in a million chance of something going wrong, I'm the one. Um, so I can see light and dark out of it, and occasionally I'll catch a movement and go, what the hell was that? But uh, that's about it. Uh, at 12, my good eye, I had to have the same surgery. Luckily, Things have progressed then, and things went well. Um, both times, they happened really fast. It was cataracts, which at such a young age. But uh was fine from 12 till 2016, December. Went for a run. Uh, you know, Michigan, it's dark by 5, 5, 5.30. Got in the car, and I noticed a speck, and I thought I was just on my contact. Got home, shower, took them out, didn't pay attention. Next morning, there was like a blackness over bottom chunk of my eye and I was like oh this isn't good by luck I happened to have a doctor appointment that day already at my my eye doctor and went in and like oh you've torn your retina you're gonna go have surgery now okay what does what does that mean and uh wasn't fun you know it's uh they put a bubble in your eye and you're blind for well in, in my case if you have two eyes you would have been just discomfort but uh had to have your face down for a week and then after that um until the bubble goes away, you're just, you're seeing nothing for a while. And slowly as it dissipates, you can kind of see, like, I remember the day I could see the corner where the wall and the ceiling came together. Now, if you move your head, it's a bubble. So it moves around and you can't see it again. So if you sit real still, then eventually the, it would dissipate more and more. And so I could sit on the floor and see part of the TV. Um, so I was off for, I think, two and a half months um, before I was able to go back to work. 
was, yeah. was it like two and a half months of like poor distorted vision or was it because like you couldn't like risk injuring it again oh because i couldn't see zero I, I don't i don't like when i had lasik i had like 20 seconds of that as i went from like one room to the other um and like i couldn't see anything and, and had like essentially a panic attack but then you know 10 minutes later when i was like leaving i could like it was just blurry went home took a nap and like an hour later i could i could see and for like that 20 seconds i was like in just pure emotional roller coaster so for two and a half months like bro yeah how'd you battle through that I don't, you, where, where'd you go mentally like, mentally then was still okay i mean definitely scared um you know, going into the surgery, you know, you're questioning, you know, because they don't know afterwards what level of vision you're going to get back. And since I already had a, even in my good eye, it's, it's bad vision. Um, I wear a super strong contact that allows me to, you know, drive and everything else normally. But, uh, you know, all the questions, you know, I'll be at my kids' graduations and weddings, but will I be able to see anything there? And, uh, you know, my wife, I wanted her face to be the last thing I saw just in case that was the last thing. And, uh, you know, luckily, as the bubble went down, my vision was pretty close to what it was before. And I did that for, I don't know, four or five weeks, and they had me going for regular checkups, and they discovered a scar tissue uh, issue that was going to take over my whole eye again. So they're like, you got to go do this again. We got to go in and scrape all that out. So I'm like, all right, when, when we have to do that? And they're like, you're going now. Okay. So away we went, did the whole thing again. Uh, luckily, the process was half the time of recovery so i was still face down for a week and then uh, you know the bubble again didn't last as long though it was you know about a month and i was back able to 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 move and function again and be able to see and go back to work and and that wasn't allowed to run for a long time um back my surgeon he still laughs it's been five years and uh he's like i'm the only patient that woke up from recovery and the first thing i asked was when can i run that's that's that doesn't surprise me man it's so you find something like running that just fuels your soul when did you run again like how did that pan out uh it was i had the surgery two days before christmas i wasn't able allowed to run and even at that he was very slow run walk a mile two tops not until mid-june um i wasn't given free clearance until end of july to be able to all right you, you can go run run again which when running is your biggest stress reliever and you can't do that in your most stressful time of life, that was a rough go. Yeah, indeed. So like, so now it's August 1st, 2017 and you can run again. So what'd you do? You just did a little mile here, mile there and over time built your endurance back up. Yeah. Um, it took a while cause they, there was a third issue that happened after the first two surgeries where they were pretty sure for a while they were gonna have to go in again and at that point, it would have been an oil bubble and six months of blindness. Um, they were checking me at least once a week for that for a while. The the way that my eye was healing, it was starting to pull on the back, and they were worried about it splitting the back of my eye. And game over if that happens. So um, luckily, a few months ago, I finally, after five years, got the all clear that don't have to worry about that anymore. But uh, it was a long road to make sure everything was going to heal correctly. But that cloud holding over you for quite a while. Is this stuff like, I don't know, like, genetics or was there like a injury like you know blunt trauma in like why like 
what do I need to do to ensure that I don't have these issues? For normal people, like, well, maybe not like you, but for normal people, um, you, uh, uh, you have to have trauma to have a retina issue. Um, you know, you have to get struck in the eye or something weird happen. Um, I didn't know it, but, you know, having one eye monovision, apparently you're more susceptible to it. I don't know if my eyes just working harder or what the heck, but um, apparently it's not likely to happen, but it's more likely to happen in someone like me. Um, I didn't know that until, until it happened, but. I feel like the eyes is something like and some people might take for granted and, and not like the idea of seeing, but like, you know, you hear people like skipping the dentist, but you don't ever hear people like doing their annual or whatever it is, eye checkup. Um, That's the only doctor I make sure I always go to and I have three <laughs> of all my stuff I have to go to, so. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's like one, a good thing that like, the military makes me go every year, but it's like, man, like kind of freaked out a little bit just hearing. So I, get, I, I don't know why. I thought you had like a, a, an, a an incident or something like, you know, fell nope. and hit your head. No, Joe, that was you. <laughs> More than once. No, no, in all sincerity, um, this is a good opportunity to tell everybody to go see your eye doctor between now and the end of the year. You never know what you can catch early. There you go. Depending on where you live, your eye doctor may be called my eye doctor. Oh wow! Like, I see what you. That's did. like that's where that's where I go. I, it's called my eye doctor. It's kind of like the bar called um, the office, right? <laughs> I can't, I we have one here called the library. Yes, you sure do. I bet you do. So you ran the New York City Marathon, PJ. That's kind of a big deal. One of the world marathons. Um, that happened before or after your your eye challenges of 2016, 17? Uh, it was a result from it. Um, August of that year, July of that year, um, face, scrolling through Facebook, there was this thing from Michelob Ultra. Hey, what would it mean to you to run the New York City Marathon? And I, you know, typed up a thing and figured nobody actually wins these. And uh, it was more, as I was typing it, it ended up just becoming therapeutic, um, you know, struggles you'd gone through and all that. And about a month later, I get this email, hey, you've won an entry, come be a guest of ours. And I thought it was spam. I almost deleted it. Um, you know, I sat on it for a day and I'm like, this might be legit. There's an address on the bottom. So I researched it and I'm like, all right, it's a real building. This isn't, you know, some far off country, someone trying to scam me out of something. And uh, so I responded and like, so, you know, they had a Facebook community and they picked um, 95 people, all of which who had overcome some obstacle in their life, pretty major. Um, so it was really cool being with, with a group of people like that who, you know, I had great support when I went through all my eye issues, but no one who had had to come through that type of struggle personally. And then I had this group of friends all of a sudden that had, and that was, you know, the running of the race was great, but I'm meeting everyone, you know, online for so many months. And then once we were finally together, they had a, a team dinner the night before and finally got, to, you know, meet and shake hands and hug everyone who you'd been chatting with for so long. And, uh, you know, some of those friendships, you know, have still continued on since then even. We've we've said it, I, w I would say, probably 75% of the podcast, right? Like the events that we do as Angels Angels, it's not, it's definitely about the physical event second. And yeah, the before and the after and the camaraderie and the, you know, mingling first is there, there's very few people that, you know, want to go run a marathon, you know, we'll, we'll do it, you know, because Alyssa wants to do it. You know, it sounds like a great idea, um, but like the idea of running a marathon 
without, you know, Alyssa is, seems silly to, to the likes of folks like us. Yeah, I've retired from marathons a few times now, and I keep coming back. <laughs> As we all do. I haven't officially retired, I guess, like, but it, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's here. It's coming. It's close. But, well, you know, I don't know. I, I could be like a, the Gordie Howe or the Jordan or, or the PJ and, and keep, keep coming back. But Mick Ultra picked 95 people. And when you said that, I was pretty confident I knew 95, but I Googled it just to be sure. Rooster, do you know why 95? Uh, 1895, the establishment of Michelob. 95 calories. Yep. I was, I was, I was pretty sure that was it, but I had to, I had to double check. Um, that's kind of neat, you know, it would be terrible. (laughs) Yeah. If you would have been number 96, (laughs) And just as a reminder to, to all our listeners, Miller or, or, you know, Molson Coors or Ambev or, you know, Mick and Miller. None of what, neither of which are a sponsor, yet. Yet. Mm-hmm. What they should you, be. But you should be, and if anyone knows anyone at those, either of those organizations, uh, you can email podcast at, and let's have a conversation. Yeah, it'd be really cool to have you know together with our podcast sponsored by Mick Ultra, all because of PJ's eyes. Huh. Yeah, everybody, everybody got quiet. Like, was that really that pro? Was that really that profound? It was so deep. Or we're so, just drinking a beer right now, one or the other. Uh, I have no, a question. Chick-fil-A. Yeah, what what is in your Chick Fil A cup? <laughs> it's purple monster. You called me out, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I I well, I didn't think I was gonna go there because I don't know. Uh, like, what was it originally? It was a Dr. Pepper because Lori's IRA has Keurig Dr. Pepper. She has that stock. And yeah. so we stayed loyal to it. Plus, I think Dr. Pepper has something to do with 55, but I don't remember what it was. Also, Chick-fil-A, Dr. Pepper, whatever that brand is, not a sponsor yet. Um, but so what's your vision? <laughs> Tan- what do you always say? Tangent, throw her back on track. Here we go. What's your vision now, PJ? Because I know like. I mean, you can see us, and I know you drive. And So I wear a super strong contact. Uh, it's 11 and a half power, which most people are like less than four if they wear contacts. So it's, uh, it's a pretty strong one. And with that, 2020-ish, uh, my eyes do vary a little bit day-to-day sometimes. Um, and my good eye, my bad eye, it's, I can see light and dark out of it, and that's about it. Occasional movement. I got big, thick cataract glasses I got to put on to walk around the house. But uh, isn't, isn't that weird? That always throws me off like you see people with yeah big thick cataract glasses but like a contact lens isn't it's the same thickness essentially like why yeah it blows my it's for me it's the greatest invention because it's allowed me to live life normally yeah i guess i mean obviously it has to be because your eyelids but like if they can make something that's flexible go on your eyeball why can't a glass lens be like that and they are the new the newer stuff out i mean my old glasses were the old school super thick ones and with the newer way they make them they are thinner than they used to be um even though it's the same script yes i thought it was always something to do there between soft lens and hard lens and how all that works and the ability to concave and convex and create you know what you need to be able to 
see. But all of that's probably not even relevant. I don't even know why I'm saying it. I'm trying to add two cents to this conversation that I really don't know anything about. You just wanted to use those big convex words, you know. <laughs> I, I go to the eye doctor, uh, I think it's next month. I'm going to, like, make them listen to this podcast and, like, have a, have a conversation <laughs> about it. I see a lot of floaters or flashes. That's that signs that you have some retina issues. So. Health insurance with Tricare through the military, they can dilate my eyes um, for free and covered, or I can pay twenty dollars out of pocket, and they like I put on like a VR headset thing, and they do whatever the same test they do, and they dilate your eyes, and you don't have to mess with that feeling afterwards. It's like the best twenty dollars I spend all year. It's crazy. Uh, tightwad me i would definitely not pay 20 dollars for anything <laughs> it's better than, it's better than like driving home like because you know they're like you got someone to pick you up yeah i sure do and you like you got like the sun visor down your glance like oh man this is ah 20 bucks done okay. that's fair i don't know uh pj what what uh how did you find ainsley's angels because at some point along, because we, we, you weren't, we didn't know you when you went through this 2016 journey. And then New York City, I, we didn't know you in New York City when you ran that either, right? No, no. Uh, one of the people I met from Team Ultra, um, I'd gotten back and, and uh, we do a polar plunge for Special Olympics every year. And in January, we cut a hole in the ice and jump in. Good times. And uh, I'll build space on that. And... Uh, a lady from Team Ultra saw a picture of Alyssa and I, and you know her nickname Sparkles, and this lady was a Sparkle Skirt ambassador. She's like, oh, I need to send her a, a Sparkle Skirt. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, it's cool. You know, we'd been looking to how we could do a run together, um, and you know, obviously, regular wheelchairs don't work for that. And I'd been looking online for what the options were, and they're expensive to buy on your own. And uh, you know, telling her that she lives out in Oregon. Next thing I know. Next morning, I wake up and she's like, "Oh, check out this place!" And she found Ainsley's and then info at got some emails back from Rooster and chatted back and forth and put me in touch with them. Uh, next thing I know, we're we're talking about raising money for a for a chair for her. Um, during that, I kind of did some research and and like oh, it's a pretty squared away group here and and you know check ratings and and all that and uh, I'm like all right, what if I what if I uh, raise money for a community chair then for for here? Because I with special mix, I have lots of other people I know that would enjoy this. And seconds after hitting send on that text, tone rings. Rooster's like, how about you just bring the whole thing to Michigan? Okay. No, 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 no. It was not okay. It was, it was not well, okay. Let me talk with my wife to make sure, but I really want to do this. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely had to talk to to the boss and, and do some compare and contrast and in your heart you wanted it immediately and, it, and it's funny you say that because when i did talk to her the first thing she said was your heart's already saying yes we're, we're gonna do this i'm like well that was a second conversation all right let's go yeah yeah and and we're so grateful that you have because um gosh the number of people you've touched uh, you know through this experience and extending upon what you can do with special olympics into this whole nother you know execution phase that's the beautiful thing about the populations that you serve and all of the friends that you have in your life i mean what would you guess the number of riders that have crossed finish lines and it doesn't have to be unique uh finish lines like like Alyssa, if she done 100 races you could count 100 finish lines what would you say that number is in oh wow 
Uh, well, first of all, it, you know, the touches and what I've done, it, her motivation to want to do this is what blooded. So I always say, you know, she's, she's the one behind this um, that, you know, got it going. Um, I've just been the the mouth and the legs to help make it happen, but it's, it's was her desire to, to do a race is what is why everyone else in Michigan has that opportunity now. Um, I don't know how many individual finish lines. I've had about 50 riders. Um, and at our races, we keep track of stats because I'm a sports stat guy. So our Melissa just got her 150 miles race certificate at our last race a few weeks ago. Um, you know, she's our highest one. I have several others that are closing in on a hundred miles. So, so tell me more about that. That's a cool idea. So each of your riders, you keep track of their miles expand on that. I love that. Yeah. Well, not only riders, runners too. We're a team. So uh, every 25 miles race, you get a certificate and it's, you know, it has Ainsley's logos on it and congratulations for, for, you know, pushing or riding their worded a little differently depending on who it's for. But uh, every 25 miles. And uh, when I first started it, I was like, all right, well, we'll see if this is a good idea or not. And, and uh, I now have riders kind of texting me before a race. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm hitting 50 this race. You're going to have my, my, right. And I'm like, all right. Well, then even some of the runners, I'm like, all right, well, they think this is cool or, you know, it gets tossed in the trash on the way home. And, you know, again, some of them texting me like, Hey bro, uh, we're, we're due this time for something, aren't I? Or you, you forgot last time. And, so end of the race, we we announce who's ever hit a milestone. That's very cool. You know, I mean, I know other ambassadors um, like you give uh, medals or, you know, things away. But I, as, you know, a stats and sports number guy, yeah, I, I like uh, I like the idea of, of that. It's really cool. I keep track, too, of, like, every rider I've pushed, how many times, all, all my races and everything, which ones I've pushed with them you know, so I can look back on, on that, but that's very neat. Uh, and I do look, cause I would definitely be that guy too. be like, Hey man, uh, at the end of this 5k, that's my, so not, I haven't kept track of how many different riders I've pushed. I have different States I've run in that, but, uh, and I have my total miles, but I, I haven't, I should have kept track of how many different riders. I'm uh, sure you could, it, I did it. Um, like, I think I started it sitting on rooster's couch um years ago when um i was trying to like steal his phone to get uh the list of ainsley's 100 races for uh yeah that paddle back there and as i was like trying to there get into are. his phone to to get that i was like because he had a note i was like man that that's a kind of actually a cool idea so i started keeping track of riders four years later um so i had to go back I don't even know 50 probably races and like think about it. I had all my medals and bibs and like looking at pictures, um, but I was able to figure it out. Um, so again, it can be done. It definitely takes time, but it, it's really neat to, to see that. And like, you know, you both know like Ashton, for example, I pushed Ashton a lot more than any other rider. And like Jen always like, you know, says, Hey, it's their X number race together. And, you know, we get cookies and things like it. So it's a, uh, very similar similar yeah you know. he did it chick-fil-a chick-fil-a you know yeah, yeah. A bunch of get your phone out joe like i want to know like where are you by the way i want to know how oh, many yeah. riders how many different riders how this is cool pj like he's got that you said you're a stats guy you can appreciate yeah. the speed in which joe can answer the following four questions and whenever he's ready i'll get to that but um you know yeah. I, I, oh he's ready wow okay how many, <laughs> how many races have you done as a duo team 
How many riders, unique riders, is that? Beautiful for me. Fifty. Fifty. No joke. Yeah. Fifty unique riders, yeah. man. That's a wow. Wow. That's think about that, dude. And this this is about PJ being our guest, but just take a moment. PJ, Joe has pushed 50 different humans or been pulled by 50 different humans. Trying to look up mine too. And so, know, and that's, yeah. so that's every, whether it's one race or in the case of um, Ashton, 31. So like it ranges from one to 31. What a journey. That's that's cool. And I think for, for, for you being able to look back and see the names and remember those races, that's kind of really cool too. Um, yeah, I lo- and it's like, I was one, I don't know, a silly, not a silly question that I was going to ask PJ at some point, because um, sitting there behind him are, are his medals. Like, I, I see, you know, like PJ, and we see our medals, I would assume, multiple times a day, right? You walk by them, whatever, and uh, a lot of times I end up looking at mine and Leanne's, and I'm, and I like, you know, it's like a, a flashback, a trip down memory lane. You think you see what one always catches your eye. And you're like, oh, yeah, I, I remember that. What's your favorite of those medals and and why? Well, or the best, ex, the best experience. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that's one. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you listening, not watching behind PJ is a, is a, a bunch of medals. And I asked him uh, his favorite one. And he picked the let me see if I can 2018 Marine Corps Marathon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 when you pop it open. Yeah. The, yeah. The globe on the Eagle Globe and Anchor Medal that's very unique to the Marine Corps Mar- to the Marine Corps and the Marine Corps Marathon. The globe flips open and you can look inside of the Earth uh, at its core and there's a coin in there, really craftily done. I wonder how many of those little hinges broke over the course of anyway. That's uh, race someone I forget who all the medals for the race series. Oh no, um, Frosty. Um, it's in the works, but there was talk of doing uh, a spinner. Hopefully Susan doesn't get mad at me for this. Um, but yeah, it's always one of those things when people talk about a spinning metal. They're neat, but it's just, you're going to, for every hundred, you're you're going to lose a couple. For every hundred, yeah. you're going to lose one. or t- It's just so fragile. But one of the things, you know, it's like a heavy Marine Corps marathon pitch this episode, um, that I love most about Marine Corps is the metal presentation like that's probably the most and naturally there's going to be some bias but symbolic metal presentation that that i've ever been a part of you know usually it's just a a volunteer and those marines are volunteering and or voluntold um but it's not just like you know we've all been to that you come through the finish line shoot you're all excited the rider woo, and then there's just like then they're just handing the medal like that one like they take the the moment to put the medal on the rider, you know, Rooster's like, Lieutenant, put the medal on Ainsley. And they're like, uh, not- I have a video of it. That's not exactly what I said. It's Lieutenant, I present Ainsley Ross. Yeah, yeah. Please, please price the right. medal upon her neck. Anyway, okay. PJ's got something to say Fair. here. Why, why did you pick that one, PJ? Has it got to do with what Joe's talking about at all? Yeah, I mean, every every finish line of a marathon, it's emotional. Um, I mean, New York, for me, the finish line was more than just a race. I was a wreck at the end of that one. But uh, 18, when I did Marine Corps the first time, uh, my brother was just finishing, my baby brother was just finishing a boot camp at Paris Island. Um, so for special, you know, finishing, knowing that, you know, I now have a, a family member in the Marines. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's a very special one. 
Dude, I had I had no idea your brother was a Marine. Yep. A little bit. Uh, he's he's twenty years younger than me. No kidding. Is, is he still in? Yeah. Huh. Who knew? Well, obviously you. What you do now? Yeah. <laughs> P just like Joe. I know. I told you that more than once on Marine Corps Marathon weekend when I met you. And Joe's yeah. like Miller time. Yeah. Marine Corps yeah. Marathon. It's a crazy weekend for Joe. You know he can barely remember his name that weekend. That's fine. Yeah. It, it was. And it, yeah, exactly. It was. If it was Friday after 3 p.m. on Marine Corps Marathon weekend. <laughs> yeah. Fair. And and what has now become after four thirty p.m. on Thursdays, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> what do you want to talk about, PJ? Uh, whatever you'd like. I don't know where, where are we at. I lost. Well, what's it. a funny story, man? Give us a funny story. You know, something that you know brings some more humor into this podcast. I feel like it's the one of the funniest ones I've been part of. Uh, all right. So- um, all right. So before all of our uh, our races, we do hype videos. We put on Spotlight Saturday. We'll plug that in a second. And, uh, you know, go through and, and, you know, talk about the race. Our riders introduce some runners. Just kind of get everyone hyped up. And then we'd we share them, blast them out on YouTube and, and Facebook and that. And they're always ad-libbed off the top of the head. I don't ever think before what I say. I like to be as surprised as everybody else with what comes out of my mouth. And uh, my daughters record me. I do this whole thing. It's like two, two and a half minutes long. And in my mind, I'm like, this one's going really well. The race we're doing, it's on an airport runway, little small airport. It's, you know, dust twilight, so we have glow sticks on the chariots. And uh, so I'm trying to describe that at the end, and I say glow, a word for the male anatomy that rhymes with sticks. And in my head, I think I've cleared that enough. I'm like, all right, it's not as bad as you thought. If you've ever done any acting plays, you know, you're not supposed to stop at the air. You keep going because the crowd won't catch on. But I noticed everyone's face behind the camera kind of like... <laughs> Got done, I gave her the cut sign, and they all started roaring laughing. I'm like, no. They're like, you said glow. No, no, it's not that bad, guys. And we played the video back, and yeah, that can never see the light of day. <laughs> Before I do any camera thing anywhere, either the couple people that were there, the stories spread throughout our whole ambassadorship, and someone will yell, hey, don't say before it. And so, therefore, it's in my head to not say it the entire time. Good gosh, dude. I can't, man, having done many Spotlight Saturdays and a lot of video work, I can imagine how much that is now at the forefront of your mind. Like, And the funniest thing is I was going to go Facebook Live on that one, and last second I thought, no, let's let's just record it like normal just in case. Best wow. of- yeah. You'd have been in Facebook jail for five I'd have been in Facebook days. jail and have been like, you know, we've had a good run. You're done now, you know. <laughs> Well, it's funny you mentioned Spotlight Saturday, PJ, because you and I just had a conversation in the past 48 hours about um, something, you know, a text or email you sent me a month ago. We finally came full circle on it. You want to make Spotlight Saturday become a regular part of our lives again. Pre-COVID, you know, it's our weekly deal to see what we're doing all across the country and all everything our ambassadors are doing and all the riders and runners. Um, when races kind of shut down for a while there, there wasn't enough info to be putting out. So it kind of went by the wayside, understandably so. Uh, now that we're back live almost all across the country again, it's time to get it going. So we're going to uh, ask our ambassadors and anyone watching this, when you're at a race and taking video, send it to your local ambassador and they can get it uploaded to us. And from there, we'll take it and put it together. And every week or two, we'll put out an episode. Do it horizontal, not vertical. 
Yes. With, with the way you said it, though, in your video, you're like, do it horizontal. Not this way. It's something it's hilarious. Yeah, so a horizontal video is what we ask people to capture because that is what translate best to our editing process as well as YouTube because we take these and upload them to YouTube. Um, and in case you've never heard of Spotlight Saturday, we've done 215 episodes uh, ranging all the way back into, into early 16. And so we ask you and invite you to, uh, to join us. We ask you to maybe check out some of our old episodes if you've never heard of it. And if, you, um, if you're listening to this and there's an episode that might be your favorite, uh, feel free to, to let us know, either in the comments uh, below, if, depending on the format you're using to watch this, or email us at podcast.angelsangels.org and kind of tell us what moments of Spotlight Saturday stand out in your mind. We're bringing it back, and, and PJ PJ's going to make this happen. He's going to work and help help me to travel this journey. Episode 216 is coming out soon, PJ. When, when, what's the plan? Uh, Labor Day weekend is the plan. Uh, we got races the next couple weekends with our local ambassadors. They get enough videos to us, then we can uh, put it up. I believe we have a chair giveaway that weekend happening. And uh, so we'll be able to go put it up, get people start watching it again. Yeah, I love that. In fact, uh, if all goes well, you should be able to go to the Ainsley's Angels of America Facebook page after this episode and nominate somebody to receive the the Freedom Push Chair. Um, you go to the main Facebook page of Ainsley's Angels of America, nominate somebody, tell us why they should get a chair. And then in that episode 216, we're going to announce the winner, or if based on historical pattern, the winners, and we will uh, we'll bring Spotlight back that way. So it's a tie back into a lot of the old things we do, we do we did, but in a new and fresh way. So, PJ, thanks for uh, re-energizing that, and uh, I look forward to working with you to get this thing rolling. Yeah, not a problem. I'm excited. It's, uh, you know, I know a lot of my writers locally go back and watch episodes that they were on all the time and, and uh, you know, keep track of it, so... It's great to see, and it's great to see everyone from around the country, what we're doing. Uh, you learn about different teams and, you know, become fans of, of teams all around the country. Then. I mean, I know Ashton because of seeing him on on, uh, on Spotlight Saturdays. And PJ, this has been great, man. I've enjoyed this episode with you. I, I actually think I've laughed more than this one than, than some of the any in the past. Um, thanks for your vulnerability and sharing your, your optical journey with us. Uh, and know that we're just we're just stoked to have you uh, in the family and not only executing as an ambassador, but um, you know, stepping up over the past year to fill this senior ambassador role. I mean, you're directly mentoring over 20 ambassadors every day. Uh, trying. Yeah. I, you know, I love, I love helping out and, uh, you know, training new ambassadors, especially getting them up to speed and, and watching them get excited and, and all amped up for, for kicking off their first races and, you know, getting the text afterwards, like we did it. And uh, I love that. Yeah. And I just last year, I've been able to travel to a couple different ones, helping them with some races, you know, early on in their journey. And, and that's been a blast. Yeah, man. Thanks for bringing your expertise. It's been awesome. As we as we wrap up the episode, we like to ask you, you know, either is there something you want to leave the audience with or, you know, what is what is a word, your weekly word that you're going to take forth and execute uh, moving forward over the next couple of weeks? Uh, what comes to mind? You've listened to all the episodes. So uh, you've had you knew this was coming. Uh, so what's no pressure at all, right? <laughs> uh, my word's impactful. Um, probably 12 years ago, I was at a leadership conference and and they showed this cool little video, a TED Talk. It's like three or four minutes, the lollipop story. Look it up on YouTube when you're done. It's a couple minutes. Um, and it, it talks about how we don't realize the impact we have on people's lives. And that we're afraid to tell people sometimes. You know, we're real quick to complain about something or to, you know, go on the socials and, you know, rag about whatever. 
but we don't ever go back and tell people the impact they had in our lives. And, you know, through this talk, this guy kept talking and I'm like, oh, I, I know the guy I need to do this to, you know, he has no clue the impact he had on my life growing up as a kid. And then as an adult, I was around him again, uh, coaching skiing for special Olympics. And, uh, so, you know, wrote up a, a email, sent it to him, you know, explaining the, the impact he had on me. And he obviously had zero clue, but the vulnerability of doing that and like, you know, what's he going to do? He's not going to get mad reading that, but, you know, sending that email was like hands shaking the entire time. And, uh, but yeah, just the impact and being grateful to people. So if you have someone, share with them the impact they've had on your life. It'll, it'll make their day, their their week, their month. Man, PJ, that's solid, dude. The, the idea of impact in, in one's life and then going the next level and telling them about that impact. You know, life is too short for us to not, you know, it, it would be unfortunate if you would have shared that at his funeral. Right. And, and you took yeah. the opportunity to tell him now, you know, exactly how you feel about him having an, having an impact on you. And that could have like re-energized him, rejuvenated him to continue to go forth and maybe even have a bigger impact. That's awesome. Joe, have you ever heard of that TED talk? I, I haven't. And I, and I wrote it down. I'm definitely excited to listen to it um, because like when I think about that, I, I mean, I if I've ever told someone that it's it's less than five for sure. Um, and I, I can't think of anything off the top of anyone off the top of my head that I've done that for. And I instantly like regret not doing that because there's definitely people in my life that have made an impact on me. So I need to, you know, kind of process this, watch that Ted talk and, and do that. Uh, cause it's definitely something I have thought about over the last three weeks and regret, like not having that conversation with my father, uh, before him passing. Cause he's definitely one of those individuals so i'm excited to to take impactful um and make it my word as well and, and actually live it uh over this next act over the you know future <laughs> so yeah good good word excited to see that ted talk and and what's it called again it's called the lollipop story yeah it's the lollipop story it's about four minutes long and and uh he takes it on a little different angle at the end, but the, the conference I was at, they made it more about the impact we have and, and being grateful to people. The thing I really love about what you're offering today, PJ, and Joe echoed it, is taking time to tell those people that have had an impact in your life. What do you want to leave people with as we uh, wrap out episode 19? Come join us wherever you live. Look up for the, a local ambassadorship. If there's not one, sign up to bring it to you. It'll change your life for the better. It's one of the best decisions I've made and so grateful that uh, the answer is in my life. Let's roll it, man. <laughs> you know what? I, I got, got enough. Time. He's in charge. <laughs> we're done. This was good. Yeah, we're done here. <laughs> uh, the structure of this building has reached its capacity. Find your people, and if they make you feel sexy, even better. Thank <laughs> you.